Whether you host a nightly dinner party for two or five, keeping your eating and dining area clean helps keep your mind on the dinner party and not on the cleanup afterwards. Viva paper towels clean like cloth, trapping splatters and sauces that could become countertop stains or stuck on messes. And they're two times more durable when wet compared to the leading value brand. For an exceptional cloth-like paper towel, there's Viva. Visit vivatowels.com to soak up the clean feeling of home. Curling fans, you've come to the one place with everything you need involving USA Curling and more. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network and hosts Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Get ready for everything you need to know. News, interviews, points of view, and club spotlights. Anything involving USA Curling can be found here. It's the Extra Extra In podcast with the 12th In Sports Network. Now, here are Price and Joe. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. Price Atkinson and the Godfather himself, Joseph Calabrese. We are coming to you here on Thursday night. We are recording, and we hope you all had a very, very safe, sound, and happy New Year holiday season as we have not done this for a couple weeks, but we warned you that we would not be back until late, uh, probably on uh, January the 4th, and that's when you will get this podcast first. But, Joseph, Happy New Year, Happy Holidays. How was it in the Calabrese house? Well, you know, uh, it, it was a pretty good New Year's, except for one little thing that we'll get to a little bit later. But uh, yeah, Happy New Year to you, too, Price. Did Santa uh, slide down the Calabrese chimney and, uh, you know, leave trimmings and all the good stuff uh, under the tree? Yeah, you know, it's great for, uh, you know, our family. We get it together uh, with multiple uh, segments of our family uh, as we're a blended family. Yep. And so we had a chance to visit with all the relatives. And then my folks came up uh, this past weekend and got a chance to uh, exchange gifts with them as well. So they made the trip up from Florida. They had to have uh, been been freezing cold and said, get me back on a plane. Get us back home to sunny South Florida. Yeah, it's like you were in the room, Price. I, they, uh, my mother particularly, but yeah, they came up for a wedding actually, and uh, and then also to exchange gifts with us. So um, we we were at a New Year's Eve wedding for my cousin Samantha. So uh, congratulations to her. See, I know how that stuff goes because I live here in the South, and the reason why I'm kind of uh, am going that way is because I was looking at the weather report for North Battleford and Saskatchewan next week where I'm going and Southern guys like me don't, we don't have winter clothing in an abundance, you know, in our closets. And so when I see, you know, minus 25 uh, Celsius, that scares me. And so I'm, I'm scared because I think as soon as my feet hit the ground in Saskatoon Tuesday for the drive up, um, I'm going to wishing I was back right back in my Southern state, like your folks were uh, heading to the great white North of, of Rochester, because I know it's not exactly warm up there. Yeah, you know, I, I have experience with this. When we were in Kalamazoo the last time for nationals, it was it was so so cold. Um, we just stayed inside the whole time. That's my uh, that's my uh, lesson for you, Price. Just stay inside. Well, Kalamazoo, bring it on. You know, uh, Newfoundland wasn't exactly warm, and so this southern body's starting to get a little bit. Uh, I'm starting to get a little. I don't want to say tender. You know, with uh, this cold weather, I'm starting to warm up a little bit to it, having been in it so much, but. 
Um, you know, I got to tell you first, speaking of weather, I, we did something for Christmas that we haven't done ever in our family, and it was really kind of interesting, but we went to the beach. Uh, we've had a timeshare down at uh, the Isle of Palms since about the early, early 80s when I was, I mean, literally when I was knee high, and we've kept it. We've, we've been in the same unit um, and get it four weeks out of the year, but my dad had it uh, Christmas week, and my dad and my sister are homebodies. They won't change routines. They have to do the exact same thing, you know, every every kind of holiday. So when we saw that, we're like, oh, let's 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 do it. So Rebecca, my wife, was spearheading that effort, was all over it. So the kids and I and um, my mother-in-law, I got God rest me, I, I did make it six days with her. I don't know how I did it, but we did. Um, that was probably my biggest Christmas gift is is not having a blow up with her. But um, the my kids saying, will Santa be able to find us at the beach? And so. You know, collecting seashells and stuff on Christmas Day was was quite outside the norm. It was it was interesting though, as as uh, my wife said to me, "It's got to be a little bit odd." You're you know you're standing on the beach here uh, on the twenty third Sunday, and just a week ago you're at Cape Spear, the most eastern point in North America, outside of St. John's, Newfoundland, where it was subarctic. You know, it incredibly it could not be more different from one Sunday to a next. But it was a lot of fun, Joe. Yeah, what'd you do for uh, for a Christmas tree there? Uh, we actually, funny you should ask. Uh, maybe one of the best parts is my wife. While I was in Newfoundland at the uh, at the last slam at the Boost National, uh, sends me a note uh, later in the week saying, "Hey, I uh, I found some ten dollar trees." So she she bought a ten dollar Christmas tree, a six foot uh, Frazier fir. I don't remember if she got it from Lowe's or Home Depot, where in the heck it was. But we got a ten dollar Christmas tree, put it on top of the van. We took it straight down to the beach. It was the first outside of getting the luggage in. It was the very last thing I went and pulled from the top of the car, carried it in. We had it set up within an hour of being there, and then we tossed it over the balcony six days later when it was time to leave. But it was a $10 tree. It was fantastic, and it served its purpose. And I was debating it might be the first time a Christmas tree has ever been in that uh, condo at the beach since it was erected in 1981. So did that? Did it have to cross state lines? or No. Did, was no. it all, all within the state? No. Okay, just yeah. making sure. Yeah, yeah. So it was awesome, but uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it, all in all, it was good. Uh, it was actually good to be home for New Year's too. Uh, my first New Year's home in several years, having uh, the last couple of years gone to cover uh, Clemson in the college football playoff, and most all those games every year are played on New Year's Eve. But this year, way NFL and everything fell, they played them on Saturday the 29th. And so, uh, number one, not doing that anymore. Thank goodness. Uh, and, and regardless, it wouldn't have made a difference anyway. But the the fact getting to be home on a New Year's for the first First time in probably what three four years that that was actually really cool. I mean, it's obviously Christmas, you know, always home for Christmas, but you know, not having the jet set off like two days after Christmas or three days after Christmas to go cover a you know a football team that that really was nice too, especially with all the travel that you know has gone on through the year. Yeah, well, it'll be a good thing for you as you're going to be heading off to that slam. Yep. All right. Let's get to uh, let's get to everything uh, going on. Is uh, yeah, we'll touch on that slam. As I'll be up in North Battleford, Saskatchewan next week. But Joe, we had uh, I guess really the biggest news, um, you know, uh, of the I don't want to say of the week, but I guess during the, our break, so to speak, our break, uh, you know, from the podcast. Probably the biggest news was uh, you know what transpired from the mixed doubles. Uh, challenge round is the final three berths to uh, the mixed doubles nationals. Uh, tickets were punched, and that was uh, Corey Dropkin. And uh, no, hold on, let me get this right. Uh, nope, I've got, I don't have the right thing up. Hold on, help me out here. 
Uh, All right, so the Stoltz for sure were in. Yep. And uh, Claire Moores and Lance Wheeler from Colorado. Yep. And I believe it was Taylor Anderson and Derek McLean. Yep. So, yes. So let me just recap that again. Uh, Claire Moores from Denver and Lance Wheeler from the Denver area. Taylor Anderson, Derek McLean, and then the Stoltz. Those were your final three qualifiers for the Mixed Doubles Nationals that will take place February 27th through March 3rd at the Granite Curling Club in Seattle. And then the Stoltz, they didn't stop there, Joe. They were just up the road from me up in Charlotte at the Charlotte Curling Club. They won the Southern Mixed Doubles Spiel uh, right after Christmas. So Maureen and Peter going out uh, double duty and putting a uh, emphatic stamp on their, uh, their uh, challenge round qualification there. Uh, up the road for me in Charlotte. So congratulations to all those teams. Uh, the field is set. If you want to check out uh, the rest of the field and all the information for it, uh, usacurl.org. And, you know, as always, those uh, those games, Joe, for the first time, Mixed Doubles Nationals, they will be broadcast live on TESN. Yeah, we're going to be doing it for usacurl.org. And, and, Price, I had a question for you about the Mixed Doubles. Would, would you consider the Stoltz to be sort of our Mixed Doubles specialists? I mean, it certainly seems like that's what they're they're entering right now um, is a bunch of Mixed Doubles events. And, I, you know, I, we really haven't seen a whole lot of that. Most of our teams in this, in this Mixed Doubles uh, Nationals are going to be uh, made up of people who are in the high-performance program with, with four-person teams. Uh, but the Stoltz, you know, they've been able to play mixed doubles pretty much all season. Uh, you think that gives them an edge, maybe? Probably. Um, and I know that there was some, I, I know that they had petitioned uh, to try and get into the Olympic trials last year. And, you know, I was thinking that had that, that petition been successful for them to get into the Olympic trials, so that was a team that very well could have, I'm not going to say that I would have made them a favorite to win the Olympic trials uh, last year. But I thought because of some of the reasons you just outlined, being specialists, that they would have had a very solid chance to to make some noise, let's put it that way, at the Olympic trials. And, and I certainly think they very well will make some noise um, at the Mixed Doubles Nationals because, as you mentioned, that's that's all they do. They they play Mixed Doubles, and that's about it. I really don't know a lot about M. Good and, um, and Matt Guy, and Matt out, of, Guy. out of Seattle. Yeah. Um, obviously, they'll have a little bit of a hometown you know, flavor and edge getting to play at the Granite Curling Club, their home club there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, these all pretty much all these other teams that are playing, I mean, outside of maybe, you know, uh, Matt and Becca who know each other, you know, like a glove, obviously brother and sister. I would say outside of them, I mean, you know, every other team is just, and, and they are too, but everybody else is out, you know, playing with their teams. And so that's all the Stoltz do. So, yeah, I, I would think and outside of maybe, say, a Tabitha Peterson and Joe Polo who have, who have played together for a long time, you know, some of these, you know, some of these mixed doubles teams are, are fairly new, fairly green outside of, say, Sarah and Corey. So, yeah, I would say that the, the Stoltz right there, I mean, they are our specialists. There's no question. I think they are the, you know, when it comes to uh, mixed doubles, they are the USA curling specialist. Um, obviously, we just, you know, it, 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 I'm not going to, you know, harp on anything, but I mean, clearly our bench is not near, is, isn't nearly as deep as what, is what Canada has, where you have a lot of specialists there, or even a lot of the European countries. I think it's even more, more so over in Europe, where you see, uh, where you see teams that really specialize in mixed doubles, Joe. Yeah, you know, it's going to be an interesting field. I mean, you know, all these teams seem to me to be pretty even. And, you know, I, I, I don't know how to handicap this field. We'll get to that, I guess, in a couple of weeks when it's get a little bit closer to, to time. But 
man, look at this field. You know, there's good eight or nine teams that I would say have a very good chance of winning this thing. Yeah, and mixed doubles is is a game that you know you hit a couple shots and you have a big end. I mean, it's it it can be over. So, um, it, but it's it's a lot of fun to watch. So, I mean, mixed doubles is a lot of fun. That's why I'm really excited that TSN is going to have all that action uh, live uh, February 27th through March the 3rd, Joe. So that should be a great event. As we mentioned a little bit earlier, we got Jeff Annis from the Heather Curling Club in Mapleton, Minnesota, coming up uh, in the next segment. This segment, You Can't Refuse, as the Godfather will bring you that interview. Uh, also, right now, speaking of mixed doubles, let's stay on mixed doubles real quick, Joe, because the Qualico uh, Mixed Doubles Classic uh, ongoing, or I shouldn't say ongoing, I guess, I guess the best way to put it, uh, was just started today up outside of Calgary uh, there, and that has got a ton of teams. I'm talking, it is a loaded field uh, playing up there uh, at the Qualico Mixed Doubles Classic in Canada, and I'm, when I say loaded, I'm talking about teams from the U.S., I'm talking about teams, you got teams from Brazil, <laughs> you got Cheryl Bernard uh, skipping her team, uh, Shanna Burchard's playing. I mean, you got Johnny Moe that's back. Got Haji and uh, I think Chelsea Carrier playing. You got a lot of European teams. You got Brett Lang and Jennifer Jones, you know, husband and wife. I mean, uh, Caitlin Laws, Johnny Moe are playing. I mean, it is a loaded field uh, of mixed doubles this weekend, Joe. Yeah, Nina Roth and Corey Nurnberg are in this event. And so uh, they haven't started yet, but their first game is against uh, Kelsey Rock. And uh, Jordan Stenke, or Steinke, Steinke, I'm going with. Yep. And uh, that'll, that's actually going on as we uh, are talking right now. So um, should be an interesting event. They, they have uh, Cheryl Bernard, Val Sweeting, Chelsea Carey. Geez, they're going to they got to play uh, some pretty uh, substantial uh, teams in this in this event. Yep. Corey Dropkin, Sierra Anderson, and then our favorite uh, good guy. They are also they are the three uh, teams, along with Nina and Croy, you mentioned playing. Uh, there at the um, at the mixed doubles uh, event there, the Qualico Mixed Doubles Classic. So um, we got more to do, and we got a lot more to do, especially on the U.S. side, Joe, especially because we're going to talk about the challenge round, which is going on right now. You got the men's going on at the Four Seasons Curling Club, and you got the women's that's getting ready to start uh, in Grand Rapids. So let's, let's get into that when we come back here after the interview, which we've got next. Jeff Annis from the Heather Curling Club in Mapleton, Minnesota, the Godfather himself, the segment you can't refuse, and then we'll be back right here on the Extraction Podcast with the 12th Men Sports Network. I'm going to make him an offer again with you. Welcome once again to the segment you can't refuse. I'm the Godfather, Joe Calabrese, and this is the segment where we talk to curling clubs all across the U.S. Today I welcome Jeff Annis, president of the Heather Curling Club in Mapleton, Minnesota. Jeff, welcome to the Extra Extra End. Thanks, it's a pleasure to be on. Jeff, the Mapleton area has a long and unique curling history when it comes to the game. Tell us a little bit about the early days of curling there in the mid-1800s. Yeah, well, it, the curling started uh, in around 1857, which is actually a year before Minnesota became a state. Uh, we have documentation of, of curling on the what would be the Maple River and other area lakes and ponds. And uh, so that's it's been around quite a while. And then actually in 1896, they built a, a two-sheet you know, facility, which had natural ice, but, a, but it was, you know, it closed a little bit uh, uptown in the city of Mapleton where it is today. Uh, so again, prior to 1900. And then 1904, uh, sort of when the Heather Curling Club became incorporated, we also created at that time a Maple River Burns Club. 
which we celebrate January around Robert Burns' birthday. And this year, uh, as a note, will be our 143rd annual celebration of Robert Burns' birthday. So it's uh, been around a, a long time, along with the curling. And then around 1950, they uh, sold some stocks and got some volunteers and farmers got together and, and built the building that we currently use today, which is a four-sheet club. And around 54, 1950, they actually put in pipe systems for the, their first uh, try at artificial ice. And that was uh, the way it was till around 1980 when they made some additions. Uh, they added on a back room and a kitchen area and then also added a mat system, which we still use today, actually. Uh, looking to replace that, but uh, again, we're there, it's still being used today. And of course, uh, since then, in the 90s, we got some grants uh, through the Mighty Duck Fund, and we redid some updates to our machine and to the ceiling and to the outdoor uh, structure to make sure it stayed viable for years to come. So that's sort of been the evolution of the of the curling club um, itself. So it's, uh, like I say, it's we claim to be the oldest curling club in the state, which we have gotten documentation from the Smithsonian and our historical society that we are the oldest club in the state. So something we take some pride in. Yeah, so the club started probably like 170 years ago to some degree and uh, was outside using river rocks and, and the ice conditions that were ideal. I, I read negative 15 below zero. Um, uh, calm, you know, no, no wind, um, and ice that was like a mirror was what I heard was the best ice conditions on a river. And so, um, and they, and they fashion sticks as brooms. That's my understanding as well. So quite a different game than it is today. That's for sure. Um, uh, but eventually, uh, the club made its way indoors, like you talked about, and now you have a four sheet club in a town of about 2000 people. So I'm curious, how do you manage such a, a large club with such a small population? Well, it, I think just what we talked about, it's the history. Um, it's, it's sort of funny how, you know, we, we've looked at this and then as I've become president, you know, the generations that we have, uh, I'm not sure what number we're on, but uh, you take so many of the clans that have curled in the early years where they're, you know, maybe three greats back grandfathers were curling and, so it's just one of those things that uh, we don't have a bowling alley, we don't have a movie theater, we don't have a subway. Um, you know, we we just have just we have our curling club, and so that's really what people have grown to know what to do in the winter months. And and again, we're in a farming community, so they farm during the summer, you know, fall and spring, and then when the crop comes out in the fall, uh, around uh, you know Thanksgiving, then we start making ice early November. And, and then we start curling. We'll start our regular season here after, after the first of the year. And we're done by April 1st because uh, come April, now the ground thaws and we start turning it over and put seed in the ground and and they farm. So it's just sort of the way life is um, in southern Minnesota and in Mapleton for you know curling and farming uh, community. And so how many members do you currently have at the club? We're Probably around 125, 130 members, and then we've probably got 25, 30 juniors. You know, so again, uh, we look at it you know, around 150, and, and, and our population's around 1,600. So, you know, we, we've got a, a nice percentage of people that, that curl, and, 
Again, we're also getting more and more coming from neighboring towns. You know, after this last Olympic gold medal run, you know, we've had a lot more exposure. And so more people are interested in coming and giving it a try. So we've been able to, to pull some neighboring people in to, to give it a try. And that's where I think our our expansion of membership will come from, will be from our neighboring towns that sort of combine our, our school district. Yeah, you know, I noticed also on your website, you have very reasonable prices for membership. I, I got to believe that that's a contributing factor to this uh, this growth of the game in your community. Yeah, I, again, it's just something where we we price it out to you know continue the you know the tradition of curling, and it's it's one of those things where again it, it is a shorter time frame, uh, a shorter season for us. You know, people just come down and enjoy the game, and you know, we have a couple men's night leagues. Uh, a women's night league and you know we have some open open nights as well and and again uh you know we we run all the bond spiels we'll have a doubles spiel and you know a senior open and men's women's and a very nice junior spiel it's just uh again something that we do we're talking with jeff annis he's the president of the heather curling club in mapleton minnesota jeff the the heather club's deep roots are just a small part of the club's history the club is home to a curler our audience knows really, really well. Did John Landsteiner get his start at the club? He sure did. He's a he's a good old Mapleton boy. And again, we talk about generations. You know, his dad's curled, and you know, his grandfather curled, and for many years. And I, I'm not sure if it goes beyond that. But so there's at least three generations of Landsteiners that have uh, curled in in the Mapleton club. So. Uh, yeah, we're very proud of uh, what John has been able to accomplish um, over the years, and and uh, with all his his uh, you know accolades, it's it's we're very proud of what John has done. Yeah, I can't imagine you know in a town like yours, um, where almost ten percent of the population is belongs to the curling club, uh, that somebody like John can um, get out there on the world stage and, and perform like he did and, and bring home the gold. That must be something pretty special. It, it is, and if, if I can brag just a little, Joe, back in uh, 2016, uh, John was lead on the uh, national team that was at Worlds, and then I was also a member of the senior men's team, and I played lead, and we represented the U.S. at the senior Worlds in, in Karlstad, Sweden. So, you know, two the two leads for the senior men's and the men's were both from the same <laughs> the same small town in Minnesota. I'm going to send some people out your way just so that they can learn the game because it sounds like you got something working pretty well down there. <laughs> Let's talk a little bit about uh, seniors. Is This year is a special year for the club at, at Mapleton as the senior men's nationals comes to town starting on February 27th. Um, what can competitors and spectators expect if they travel out for that event? Well, I just talked with uh, the USCA office, and there, as of right now, there's 27 teams signed up, which is the most we've had since uh, about 2011. So uh, for some reason, people are wanting to give it a whirl, uh, give, you know, throw their hat in the ring and, and uh, try winning that uh, national championship. And, and again, the winner this year will be going to Norway in April representing the U.S. So um, it's going to be very, very good curling. And, uh, you know, the uh, senior men's uh, may not, you know, may not sweep as hard and but boy, they've got a lot of experience and uh, a lot of <laughs> finesse to their game yet. So uh, it, it'll be an exciting uh, probably four or five days of curling uh, going on. 
So, again, a little fortunate club, but it's going to be around the clock curling. Yeah, well, uh, keep an eye out for the Mark Andrews rink from Rochester, uh, New York. I know that they're uh, scheduled to head out that way, and they're, they're going to be t- some tough competition, so just uh, keep an eye out for them. Are there any other yeah. events or bond spiels uh, that you would like our listeners to know about? Well, again, like we, we, we've already had our doubles spiel, and uh, the second weekend now in January, we're going to have our senior open, and we'll host a, a women's spiel in early February. And then mid-February is our men's. And then in mid-March, we have our, uh, we have our open or mixed bond spiel. And then we always end our year with our juniors. And uh, we usually get anywhere from 30 to 40 junior teams that come in uh, as we end the season in late March. It's always a fun and exciting way to, to end our curling season with all the juniors and all their enthusiasm and excitement. So uh, one last thing, uh, Jeff, as we uh, end the, end the uh, segment, uh, how can people find you on the Internet? So if they want to come out to your club, they know how to find you. Sure. Uh, well, again, uh, you know, sometimes you know, all the clubs are listed, obviously, on the USCA website. But uh, we have Facebook page and, and Twitter. And, and then you can also go to Mapleton Curling Club and you'll find our website out there on the Internet. And all the information is listed. And, and we've started to create a page for the men's. So more information will be will be added there as as we get information and you know the deadline closes and the entries are there the and the draw is made and you know, all the time slots are being filled and and again there again if someone wants to volunteer we would sure love to have you out to to, to the Heather Curling Club to help you know with volunteering with what whatever it might be doing helping with ice or or, or whatever. Uh, it would be to to help run the the senior men's championships. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, these championships don't happen without a, a load of volunteers, uh, timers, uh, people who can help as officials, um, people who can help behind yep. the bar for sure. You know, those are the types of things that uh, <laughs> something like this is going to need. With twenty seven teams at the at the minimum here, uh, we're going to need some folks helping out. So reach out to the club and and let them know that you can help them out. I want to thank you so much, Jeff, for being on the podcast today. Jeff uh, Annis, uh, president of the Heather Curling Club, Mapleton, Minnesota. If you want to have your club featured on the Extra Extra End, all you got to do is reach out to me at joe at tesn.us. Uh, just let me know, and we'll schedule you for a segment uh, in the future. And remember to listen to the podcast, or you'll be sleeping with the fishes. <laughs> Back to your final segment, Joe. Great interview with Jeff Annis with the Heather Curling Club, Mapleton, Minnesota, in the segment you can't refuse. And before we go any further, if you want to be a part of that segment, just drop us a line at tesn.us. Joe, uh, at Price Atkinson, you're at, at Take It Out Joe on Twitter. That's right. But just uh, drop us a line. Let us know if, if you are interested. Uh, Joe, uh, the godfather himself, uh, spearheading that segment. And, boy, it'd be a great time to get in, uh, get your club involved uh, in the segment you can't refuse, especially as we get ready for uh, the USA Curling Nationals uh, coming up next month. Kalamazoo, Michigan. Can't wait to do that, Joe. But, you know, as everybody uh, can subscribe and listen to this podcast, Every single week uh, on Apple Podcasts, uh, iTunes, just search uh, the Extra Extra 
other end. And you will find us if you're an Android user. Uh, use the uh, Google Play, Stitcher app, either one. Free downloads there on the app store of your Android phone. And again, you can search the extra, extra end. Just hit subscribe uh, right there, and you'll have it delivered to your phone once a week throughout the rest of the curling season. It is we are your home for USA Curling. And speaking of USA Curling, Joe, we have got a couple challenge rounds that are going on uh, right now. One that began uh, just a short while ago, and the other will be beginning on Friday, January the 4th. But uh, let's get to the men's challenge round, which is underway there at the Four Seasons Curling Club in Blaine. We've got four spots on the line. There will be four teams that uh, fill out the remainder of the spots for the USA Curling Nationals in Kalamazoo that we touched on, that we, which you'll obviously be able to watch from start to finish on TESN. But those four slots are up in the air, and you have got really what I think is an incredibly deep, uh, solid field of men's teams where you know I could see probably, if I'm a betting man, I could probably see any one of six teams, I would think, uh, that could come out maybe seven of that challenge round to to capture those last four bids, Joe. But uh, things are under, uh, you know, really underway. And as we were getting ready to record this final segment, uh, I, we really had to compose ourselves uh, as we saw a big, big, big old number pop up on the board in uh, the game with Chase Sennett against Clayton Griffin. Yeah, that uh, Chase Sennett uh, from uh, is one of the uh, high performance junior teams up against Clayton Griffin from uh, Roswell, Georgia. Uh, frankly, I hadn't heard of Clayton before. Doesn't mean they can't play, but in this game, they they got trucked. I mean, there's just no other way to put it. <laughs> and uh, it happens sometimes. You're the uh, car, and sometimes you're the bug. They they were the bug this time, and and Chase Sennett, uh took two in the first, and then went on to steal t- uh, three, two, two, and then stole eight in the fifth. And the game is over 17 to nothing with a steal of eight in the fifth end. Um, we, we reached out to Sean Murray, who's the site chair for this. Event. Um, he let us know that the uh, final stone was hogged. Uh, oh in, for, for, and so uh, I guess they had a free draw, I guess, for uh, for the eight. And, uh, or I'm sorry, they only was stolen. So it was, uh, I'm sorry, the hammer shot was hogged. And so uh, that's how the, the eight happened. Unbelievable unbelievable i guess it happens to you at some point i I don't know if 17 happens to everybody 17 nothing happens to everybody including giving up an eight ender in in a um i guess we can't call it a national championship but a national level event nonetheless as you've got teams competing to to get into it uh into usa curling nationals but um you know some other uh you know another trip but let's let's just kind of go down the list i i think uh you know a team that i think uh certainly uh, one of the teams I think that will qualify, uh, I guess that's maybe we'll say predictions for the end, but Steve Berklet has had a really good season uh, from out in Seattle. He's got Nick Conley throwing uh, you know lead for him. And you know right now those guys are, are, are up big time on Jared Allen. Yes, that's Team All-Pro in the first game of the Challenge Rally in four seasons. Right now Berklet 10 to nothing over Team All-Pro, and that's after five ends, Joe. Yeah, you know, I watched a good chunk of this game before we went on the air, and and in the first three ends, I would say, you know, while Berkeley had control of the game, you know, Team All Pro was hanging in there, and they were making enough shots. They they blanked the second end with hammer um, after giving up two in the first, and then gave up a steal of uh, one in the third, um, and then sort of the rails came off, and you could see Berkeley's team just starting to you know tune their game appropriately, and uh, you know it. 
it happens. Like we talked about, sometimes yeah. you're the car and sometimes you're the bug and, you know, and that's just the way it is. Um, you know, hopefully, uh, they'll, both these teams, uh, Griffin and Allen will regroup and, and make a better show in, in their next game. Yeah. Another two teams that are actually in, in action tonight. And as we're recording on Thursday, but Brandon Corbett, uh, and then Kyle Kakla. Now you are certainly familiar with the Corbett's. Um, I think those are two teams that, uh, are in my opinion, in the handful of teams in the mix for one of these final two bids or final four bids to, to nationals. And Corbett and Kakla, I, I really like both those teams. Especially, we got to see Kakla last year at the um, at the Nationals here in Fargo. Joe, I, I I really like both those teams, and could see one of them maybe kind of scoring an upset, so to speak, to get back to Nationals. Yeah, right now, I mean, Brandon Corbett's up four nothing. Uh, they're in the fifth end. Um, you know, I certainly believe both these teams have the uh, horses to to get there. Um, they may not be at the top of the favorites list, but they're probably right at that next level that has a really good chance of maybe qualifying in the C event, um, uh, each of them. And so we'll see. Maybe they wind up playing each other down the road for one of those spots. Yeah, Nicholas Steinhaus uh, from Mapleton, Minnesota, who uh, we just had uh, Jeff Annis from the Heather Curling Club there in Mapleton. They're playing uh, Stephen Imes. Uh, there early tonight. Uh, Smitty, uh, Jason Smith, uh, has got a team. Uh, never know what he could do. He's certainly got the experience. And, you know, Sean Baton with Alex Leichter, Derek McLean, and, and Chris Bond, you know, that's another team. Uh, they're in a dogfight really in their first game, but uh, I think they'd be another one of those teams kind of considered to. Uh, to maybe make it out, and you know, a couple teams that are not playing tonight that I think you got to keep, uh, you know, keep an eye on, uh, without a doubt. I think you look at Todd Burr; uh, pretty much got his entire lineup back, except uh, John Benton, obviously not playing. Greg Johnson there in his place, but Hunter Clawson, Tom O'Connor, uh, still with them, and you know, the Brundage boys, Joe, uh, Jed Brundage, the skip, and along with Jordan Brown, Evan Workin, Cam Rittenauer. I, I really love those guys curling out of St. Paul. Um, you know, when those guys get hot, you know, it, sometimes it doesn't look pretty, but boy, they, they may, we watched them at nationals last year and boy, they can make some shots at, at some key times. Uh, they're another team to watch. And then Daryl Sobering out of Denver, Colorado, they were at nationals, what in Seattle a couple of years ago. Uh, they're another team to, I think, in my opinion, to keep an eye on as well. Yeah. And I think they're bringing that whole team back. And I, I, I would also throw into the mix, the Brown rink out of Madison and, mm-hmm. uh, Craig, yep. uh, Craig Doreen and uh, Jeremy Rowe are on that team, as well as uh, David and Daniel Brown. And yep. um, I would I would uh, put money on any team from Madison. There, those guys can play. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with you on that. It just it it's going to be awesome to watch it, and and literally you can watch it on tesn. dot us to watch all the games. And I believe what is it? Sheet C, Sheet Three. I believe that that uh, that's kind of that's the feature sheet there. Um, yep. For just all. hit the. Uh, just hit the live link on the Four Seasons uh, hamburger menu there, and you'll be able to see it on YouTube. Yep, so check that out. Also, the Women's Challenge round, Joe, that gets going on Friday, uh, January the 4th in Grand Rapids, uh, Minnesota. you got six teams uh, that are competing for three slots uh, to get into the eight-team women's field at Nationals. And, you know, I would probably say that, uh, with all due respect to all the teams, I, I'm going to say it's probably four teams fighting it out for three spots. And I would say those four teams would be uh, Team Duberstein, uh, Flannery, Podal, and Rhyme. I would say it's probably in all likelihood going to come, those three bids going to come from uh, th- those four teams. Yeah, I, w- I would probably agree with you there. And whether, you know, who who gets the, uh, I, I think probably uh, Duberstein and Flannery probably are, I want to say locks, but they're probably as close to locks as you're going to get. And then I think it's probably between Kim Ryan and Ann Podal. And, 
you know, I don't know who you're picking. I, I think I'm going to pick Kim Rhyme. I think uh, I think that they're probably uh, as prepared as anybody for this. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to say that my, I'm going to go with Duberstein Flannery. And, and, and part of my pick is it is uh, Ann Podol's team uh, out of Fargo. I, I, I really like watching them play. Um, I know Ann Podol came up short in the um, in the mixed doubles uh, challenge round. They were, um, I believe, in the uh, C final uh, and came up just short. Uh, uh, her and her partner uh, Nathan Perry, I believe. But um, I, I'm going to go a little bit out on the limb and go with Podol uh, for that last spot. Uh, Kim Rhyme is and her team are certainly as steady as they come. You know, but another uh, just to point out real quick, you've got Team Traxler also uh, competing. Emily Quello, uh, who who competed at nationals last year, I believe she was with Ann Podol's team. Maybe been Beth Podol's team. Um, she is on that team. Uh, they were Team Traxler, but uh, another team. Uh, they are Team Walsh, the 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 last team competing there of the six. Uh, that's got Aria Moore and uh, Portia Stevenson, who who both uh, were on that uh, team out of Wine Country uh, that were in Everett uh, a couple a couple years ago. Joe, so uh, yeah, and I. Just yep. really quickly, Price, I want to jump in. Sarah Walsh was one of our guests on the Extra Extra End last time we were out. So yeah. um, she was in the segment you can't refuse. So you can listen to her and talk, talk a little bit about what's going on uh, out in California. The connections are endless, Joe, but really a lot of good stuff uh, this weekend that you can watch on TESN, uh, the men's challenge round from four seasons, and that, that should be some really good curling there. As we got some more things underway uh, uh, this weekend, the Perth Masters over in um, over in Scotland. We don't have any U.S. teams playing there. Uh, next week, Joe, uh, we have the uh, International Bernie's Ladies' Cup. I have not seen which U.S. teams uh, are going to be over there. I'm not sure if Sinclair or Christensen. I would guess they would both be making the trip, although I don't know yet. Um, I'm not sure about Seneca either. Uh, I do know uh, that the Grand Slam next week in North Battleford, which starts on Tuesday, where I will be uh, flying out on Tuesday. Nina Roth will be our lone Team USA representative on the men's or women's side there in North Battleford uh, there at the Canadian Meridian Canadian Open. It's considered one of the four majors on the slam circuit. Uh, it is a, uh, it's kind of odd in the slam uh, format it is, as it is a triple knockout. It's the only slam of the seven that is a triple knockout format. But Nina Roth will be the only U.S. representative uh, there at the Meridian Canadian Open in North Battleford next week, which is kind of odd because – we go from uh, just two slams ago when we were at uh, uh, in, in Thunder Bay at the Tour Challenge, and we had seven teams. So granted, that was a Tier 1, Tier 2 event. Just one slam in between, and we only have one U.S. team. So, you know, really kind of the field uh, starting to dwindle here, Joe, of U.S. teams. Yeah, you know, um, a lot of great events coming up, and, you know, we'll be uh, loading up the truck and heading to Nationals before you know it. Yep, we that we will. So uh, I guess we uh, got to start putting a bow on this thing, Joe. Is uh, we'll be back again next week, as I will be up there in North Battleford, and have to um, figure out how to do the podcast um, uh, with you up there next week, Joe. But uh, I guess we got to get down to the real business, and the real business is uh, you know the bet, the bet, and that bet yes. that bet would have you decked out in Kentucky Wildcat clothing at USA Curling Nationals to sing on on U of K. After my Kentucky Wildcats, my alma mater defeats you and BA's alma mater, the Penn State Football School Nittany Lions themselves, 27-24, the basketball school reigneth supreme in football. Boy, Price, I was, I was just going to let you keep going. I mean, it, <laughs> you're, you're a good hype man for that team. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, Penn State just did not come out to play in that first quarter. They they owned the game in the second half, but the first half belonged uh, to Kentucky. And uh, congratulations! I'm looking forward to to wearing the gear. I don't think anybody should be looking forward to me singing, um, but uh, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. I'm a man of my word. Well, so we got. We'll have to set it up. You'll obviously let you pick the day. I, I can't tell you I have any uh, any large clothing for you. you know, I've got some XL stuff, so I'll find something that might be a little small uh, for me to bring you to wear. But we'll have to figure out the day because you, we obviously going to have to to streamline this where you sing uh, during one of the games. We might we might have to make it a <laughs> prime time uh, singing karaoke. Uh, but on the same day that you're decked out in the UK uh, attire, where you won't have your Godfather jacket, it will be a Kentucky Big Blue. I don't know if it'll be a pullover. I think I actually might bring my blue uh, Kentucky pants for you to wear, my my UK slacks. So I'll let you wear those. Maybe my blue uh, running shoes or Kentucky blue, and, and I'll certainly have a, a blue pullover sweatshirt for you. Well, I'll be looking forward to that price, uh, paying off that bet. Uh, it's something, <laughs> like I said, I'm a man of my word. I, I, I'm more than happy to do it. And see, here's the thing about this is, you know, I'm having a little bit of fun with it, but I never win these things. I never win it when it's... You're two and zero against me in these types of bets. How am I two and zero? You won the the Carolina Panthers Buffalo Bills one uh, last season uh, when we played in the regular season. You know, and you uh, know what? You're right. You're exactly yeah. right. You're exactly, and you did. I don't want to hear on... any. I don't win any of these things. Uh, you win. Uh, you always win against me. I don't know. <laughs> well, let's just say I got lucky on this one because I did not expect Kentucky to win, and I'm not sandbagging to say that. I, you guys are, you're better. You got more talent. You're a better team, but. It, I guess it was just our day. You know, we had two, uh, probably the two best guys on the field, Josh Allen, who's probably going to be in the top three picks of the uh, NFL draft in the spring, and then Benny Snell running back. I mean, having the best player on offense and defense on the field didn't hurt, but I, I will take the, I will take their bet. I'm just glad that being on the UK National Alumni Board uh, in Lexington, I'm glad I do not have to put on any Penn State stuff and pictures get out of that, <laughs> because a lot of fellow board members would probably start uh, tweeting me while we're at Nationals, and I have to uh, rectify the situation by saying, Joe, I got to step away from this. You've caused me a lot of heartache and headache uh, back in Lexington. So glad it was. Well, you're happen. safe for sure. I am you know, safe. one of the things I was thinking about as the game was going on, Price, was that uh, Kentucky's linebacker, Josh Allen, uh, the Bills have a Josh Allen as well, and they have a lot of draft capital. They Maybe they could trade up and we could have a Josh Allen on both offense and defense. Yeah, I think you would rather have the Josh Allen from Kentucky than the Josh Allen you currently oh, have. Oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. He looked pretty good against uh, the Dolphins this week. Well, I, I'm just telling you, I think the ceiling for Josh Allen coming into the league from Kentucky is going to be something else because that guy is unbelievable. But that's that's just, we, we will not get into dissecting NFL draft players. We'll do that in maybe some kind of NFL draft podcast you and I put together. But I like that. All right, let's uh, let's put this one to bed, Joe. Uh, another great episode um, in the books. I got one last thing. Sorry, before you go to the books, fire away. We 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 got to promote this curling the gathering, April fifth to the seventh, Rochester Curling Club. Go to uh, rochestercurling.org and go to that events section. Uh, scroll to the bottom. You'll see curling the gathering. You'll figure out how to to uh, register for that event. It's the uh, the bond spiel where we fundraise uh, for two worthy causes, and uh, you get to uh, bid on power up cards that either enhance your chance of winning or hurt your opponent's chance of winning. And so uh, it's a lot of fun and uh, it, it's, it's a good time uh, for some good causes. So come on out. Uh, we are, uh, we have four teams registered already. I'm sorry, three teams registered already. We can take up to 16. I know it's going to fill up. So you want to want to get your registration in soon. 
And that will bring me to this, and I will also uh, plug in, too, speaking of home hometown clubs, uh, the Palmetto Curling Club. My, my guys, they're going to be having Tyler George here in town uh, on Tuesday, and as luck would have it, I will miss him by probably a couple hours as I'm flying out at the before the crack of dawn uh, to fly out to uh, Saskatchewan for the slam next week. So I won't even get to see him while he's here in town. But uh, I hope he has a lot of fun. I think he's going to be up in Raleigh uh, before coming to us uh, here in Greenville and then going, I want to say, to Charlotte after that. I don't know his exact schedule, but a quick plug for those guys having Tyler for their big open house, and they will be throwing uh, rocks on Main Street at uh, the Ice on Main here in downtown Greenville. So uh, some other good stuff going on around the country. But, Joe, yes, that will put us to bed as uh, this episode comes to a close. We will do it again next week. Uh, appreciate the interview, Joe, uh, with Jeff Annis from the Heather Curling Club. We'll have some guests. We will make up for some guests next week. Don't worry. I'll have some interviews from uh, the, the Meridian Canadian Open Grand Slam in North Battleford. But until then, Joe Calabrese, the godfather himself, on Price Atkinson. We will see you next week. Thanks for being with us on this edition of the Extra Extra In Podcast with Price Atkinson and Joe Calabrese. Follow the 12th In Sports Network crew on Twitter and Facebook to stay up on our weekly contests, giveaways, guests, and for upcoming episodes of the Extra Extra In Podcast. When the weather outside is frightful, the Hyundai Santa Fe is, hmm, what's the word? Delightful. Because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Home is where you should feel the safest. But the air there can be more dangerous, up to five times more polluted than outside air. Let us help you take the steps towards making it a healthier home with our Bryant Indoor Air Quality Solutions. We can help with everything from whole home air purifiers to indoor humidity control. To schedule an evaluation of your home's air, visit bryant.com to find a local dealer. Bryant, whatever it takes.